it's good to be back uh, with you guys at the Foundry. I can't, honestly, it's humbling to be asked to speak anywhere. It's crazy humbling to be asked to come back. And y'all have had me back uh, several times, uh, and that's crazy. Appreciate your pastor, love him so much, and love what's happening uh, in, in this place. Uh, I, uh, I've preached for 38 years every Sunday. This is what I got to do. Uh, in the last nine years, I've done pastor care with Waypoint. Uh, and so I get to preach uh, 15, 16, 18 times a year. I do some, uh, teach some seminars uh, and that sort of thing. My wife always gives me an encouraging word going out the door. Uh, and uh, she did this morning. I live in Richmond, Midlothian. Uh, and today she said something she's never said to me before, ever, when I'm getting ready to go uh, preach. Usually it's, I'm praying for you, you know, whatever. Today she said, have fun preaching today. I know you miss it. And I'm going to. Hey, just got to ask, are there any Hokies in the room? Any Hokie? All right. So uh, I want you all to see this. The Lady Hokies are playing this afternoon at 2 o'clock. Uh, game day is at Castle uh, this morning. Start at 11. Starts at 11. Uh, so I got to get done like in 10 minutes, all right? And, uh, but Hokies, I want you. Hey, I see that sweatshirt. All right. <laughs> Check out my socks. I got my hokey socks on. So we're going to have fun here today. Uh, I, I love talking about prayer. Uh, and I, I, this is not in a sermon. This is free. Uh, I want you all to uh, figure out uh, something. That, uh, I want you to learn something that took me a long time to figure out. I thought that prayer was all about talking. And if I wasn't talking, I wasn't praying. You know what I've learned in the last five, six years? Prayer is a whole lot more about listening than it is about me telling God what to do. You got that? So I don't fret over the fact that you pray and you can't say the right words and all that stuff. Just be silent, be still, and know I'm God, God says. All right? Got that? Okay, what I want to do, I want to talk to you about the impact of catalyzing uh, kingdom prayer this morning. Following up, uh, uh, continuing in your series up and to the right, just want you to focus down on how your prayer can be up and to the right, can change the world, can change your neighborhood, can change your family, has an impact kingdom-wise globally beyond anything you can ever imagine. I want you to take your Bible. I hope you have it with you. I just want you to take your Bible, turn with me or your, or your tablet, your phone. Look with me to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. It's where we're going to start and end, so you might want to put a bookmark there. We'll come back to it, and uh, that's where we're going to focus down uh, this morning. Jesus' teaching uh, about prayer and about fasting. So let's read together, starting with verse 5, and we're going to read through what Jesus called, what we call the model prayer or the Lord's Prayer. So let's read. read. Uh, my translation may be a little different from you. I'm from uh, the New Living Translation, and you may have something different, but that's cool. Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who pray, love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that's all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself and shut the door behind you and pray. Everybody say pray. And pray to your father in private. Then your father in private who sees everything will reward you. 
When you pray, don't babble on and on like the Gentiles do. They think that their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like that. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ever even ask Him. So pray like this. Watch this. 62 words. Jesus is teaching people how to pray. Now Jesus prayed longer than this. But when he was saying this how y'all pray, 62 words. 62 words. By implication, a lot of silence. 62 words. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us or rescue us from the evil one. Let's pray together. Father, I um, pray that your kingdom would come soon. That your heavenly kingdom, that Jesus would return and set all things straight and that the new heaven and the new earth, that that would come soon. But Father, beyond that, I want to pray that your kingdom would come soon today, this moment, in our hearts, in this church, in this community. And that's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I do want to tell you just a little bit about Waypoint Church Partners. Uh, we exist at Waypoint Church Partners uh, to catalyze, catalyze kingdom growth. And we do that in two ways. First of all, by planting new churches. And secondly, by uh, partnering with established churches. Since, 19, uh, uh, since 1938, we've planted better than 160 churches. And that's really, really cool. But in 1990, we kind of refocused ourselves and began strategically planting churches in high-impact areas. And since that time, we've planted 65 or 68, something like that. I forget the exact number. But I want you to understand that in 2023, Waypoint Church plants have seen just a, a remarkable growth, uh, and it's been just a stellar year, a record-breaking year. People sometimes wonder, are people interested in spiritual conversations and going to church and, and starting to walk with Jesus? The answer to that is yet. Uh, go ahead, next slide. Uh, notice the jump 22 to 23, if you'll notice the COVID year where there were no numbers at all, okay? <laughs> and, uh, but from 22 to 23, there's been better than a 2,000 uh, uh, hit in, in attendance and Waypoint Church plants. Next slide will show you that last year alone, 710 people have given their life to Christ and been baptized into Christ. Can I get an amen on that? That is why we do what we do. And every single one of those individuals are people that are now on the trajectory of heaven because someone spoke into their life. And we love being able to be part of that at Waypoint Church Partners. Now, this is what I know about you. This is what I know about you and, and noticing the uh, age of the, your congregation. I love speaking to a church when the average age or your dot is, is what is yours, man? It's got to be, it's 30s. Uh, uh, it, that, that is crazy good. I walk in sometimes to churches and I'm the youngest dude there and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh my goodness, this is going to, this is going to uh, not be so good. But what I know about you 
Because I know it about your generation that you want to make a difference, all right? You want to change the world, all right? You want to change eternities for people, and that's why you're part of this body, and that's why you're seeking to understand what God wants us to do. So I want to talk today uh, about how you, uh, your kingdom prayers can be a catalyst for kingdom growth, all right? I want to talk about two things, why and how. First of all, why, why do, you, do your kingdom prayers or your uh, kingdom prayers, why are they a catalyst for kingdom growth? And then how are they? So leave your bookmark right here in uh, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to come back there. And I want you to go with me over to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, that's the right. And uh, there's a, a, a passage of scripture that talks about this. And that is that kingdom prayer places you on the offensive in spiritual battle. Your kingdom prayer places you on the offense in the spiritual battle that's going on around us. Ephesians chapter 6 and, uh, and, uh, 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 and verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Paul says, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but we're fighting against evil rulers, against authorities of the unseen world, and against the mighty powers of this dark world, and against the evil spirits of the, of the heavenly places. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 uh, and 4, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of hu human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Someone has said this, to clasp the hands in prayer is the beginning of an uprising against the disorder in the world. Another says, history belongs, listen, history belongs to the intercessors who believe who believe the future into existence. My friends, I want to tell you why you've got to be praying kingdom prayers. God, may your kingdom fall on us. God, would you change uh, the world that I live in? Would you change the world globally, but would you change the world where I work, where I go to school, on my straight street? Would you change people's lives? And what I want you to understand is when you pray that kind of a prayer, you are impacting in an incredible way and going on the offensive in the spiritual battle. Reason number two that I would suggest to you that uh, your prayers, kingdom prayers, are a catalyst for kingdom growth is this, that kingdom prayer forges two dynamic partnerships uh, uh, between you, number one, the Holy Spirit, two, between you, and Jesus. Now, leave Ephesians, go back to your left to the book of Romans, one of my favorite prayer passages, Romans chapter 6. Y'all find that? Romans chapter 6. And I want us to focus down on uh, something dramatic that happens when you pray. And uh, sometimes, have you ever thought, man, when I'm praying, it just seems like I'm praying, nobody's there, and I'm kind of praying to the ceiling, or I'm just using words, it doesn't really matter, you know, it, it's not that significant. 
I want to show you what happens when you pray. When you pray, two, uh, two huge intercessors take uh, action when you begin to pray. Romans chapter 6, verse 26 and 27, talks about the Holy Spirit's intercession for you when you pray. Watch what he says uh, in uh, Romans chapter 6. Uh, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 8. I said 6, Romans chapter 8. We're having fun, all right? <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 20, 20, uh, and, uh, 26 and 27. And the Holy Spirit, watch this, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what to pray, what God wants us to pray for. I want you to notice he doesn't say sometimes we don't know what to pray for. Every now and then, I, I, I'm not exactly sure what to pray for. He says we don't know what to pray for. H have you experienced that in your life? Man, I, I am clueless what to pray for. I do not know not just how to pray. I don't even know what to pray for. Watch this. He says, but the Holy Spirit prays or intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I don't know exactly how to explain that. Some people talk about having a prayer language. I, I, I do not. But what I do know that when I am praying and I am silent, I can sense the Holy Spirit's groaning inside of me. And sometimes it's just a hmm. hmm. But I sense the Spirit as I'm praying, praying for me. Do you get that? Isn't that unbelievable? Watch what he says. He goes on. He says, uh, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own word. Now, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, but jot, drop down, if you would, to verse 34, and notice who else intercedes for us. He says there, who then will condemn us? No one. For, Christ, uh, for Jesus Christ uh, died for us and was raised to life for us. Watch this. And he is see, uh, sitting in the place of honor at God's right side, pleading for us. Jesus says in John 14 uh, uh, and uh, verse 12 and 13, John 14, 15, and 16 is the longest teaching that Jesus will give about the Holy Spirit. He's in the upper room with his disciples just before he'd go to the cross, and, uh, and he teaches them, and what he wants them to understand is, I'm not going to leave you all by yourself. I'm going to send my spirit to you, and when I send my spirit to you, you will do incredible things. Jesus says in chapter 14, John 12 and 13, he says, anyone who believes in me will do greater things than me. Crazy? Jesus changed the world. Jesus impacted people's lives. Jesus took the time that when little kids were being brought to him and, and some of the, his buddies were saying, get out of here. He, Jesus doesn't have time for you. Now Jesus, he sat down with the kids and blessed them. 
Jesus was the one that would touch lepers. Nobody would touch a leper. It's the HIV of, to, uh, of his day. Nobody would touch. Jesus did. Jesus stepped into the lives of people that were broken and hurting. He calmed the sea. He raised the dead. And do you hear what Jesus said? He said, you'll be doing even greater things than me. Now, why? He says, because I'm going to my Father. And you can ask me for anything in my name, and I'll do it. Jude 1.20 says, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. My friends, do not pray by yourself. I'm not just talking about praying with other people. That's important. But remember that as you pray, all three members of Godhead are involved. God the Father is listening. The Holy Spirit is uh, interceding. And Jesus is right there praying for you as well. One third reason why I would encourage you to uh, pray uh, uh, kingdom kind of prayers is that that's because kingdom prayers receive priority positioning. Priority positioning. Go to the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, and uh, the eighth chapter, and I want you to notice uh, something that uh, Jesus gives in the Revelation to John the Apostle, uh, and it's Revelation about. Uh, I love the book, book of Revelation. It's Revelation about uh, what's going to happen at the end of time, and people get all bent out, shake, shook up about the book of Revelation. I want to tell you, the book of Revelation is the simplest book in the Bible. Bible to understand. And you say, are you nuts? <laughs> no, it is. The, 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 the story's this. I can tell you the end. Satan loses and Jesus wins, all right? <laughs> now, now, there's a second part, Andrew, to that, and that is everybody with Jesus wins and everybody with Satan loses. That's the story, all right? Now, in this section of scripture, uh, in chapter 8, uh, John is told of the incredible uh, 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 priority that kingdom prayers receive. I was uh, uh, working on this lesson, this idea, and this lesson for another talk, another place, and uh, I was uh, in the Atlanta airport. Anybody ever been there before? Purgatory, all right? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> And uh, I was surely waiting on a Delta flight to go somewhere. And, you know, and when you're sitting in line, uh, standing there, you don't care where. You just want to get on a plane and get out of that place. You know what I'm talking about? And I was sitting there in line. And it was one of those deals that, uh, I mean, they have the waiting area and there's not a seat. I mean, it's packed. Y'all been there? And they're starting to call, uh, you know, sections. And people are starting to jam toward the gate. And there's a walkway, and you couldn't even get on the backside of the walkway. Everybody was packed in around that gate like crazy. And I'm thinking about prayer and the priority that my prayers get before God. And I was, you know, they started to call out zones, zone one. Anybody ever sit uh, first class, zone one? I upgraded one time, and that's so cool to be able to sit there drinking your cup of coffee as the rest of those poor slobs going to the back, <laughs> walk past you, you know? Think, man, he must have paid a lot for this. I didn't pay anything. I just got upgraded. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're going through zone one, zone two, zone three, and I'm pulling out my phone looking at my app, and I realize I'm zone six. Now, that ain't as bad as zone eight, but it ain't good as zone two. And I had this thought as I was, had been working on this talk on the previous flight and going to be working on it on the next flight. I thought, when I pray, I wonder what zone my prayer gets stuck in. Does that make sense to you? 
I want to show you what happens every time you pray. And I'm talking about the youngest one here to the oldest one here. Every time you pray, I want you to notice the priority positioning that your prayers get. Revelation chapter 1 and verse uh, 3 says this. When the Lamb broke the seventh seal on the scroll, there was silence, silence, Andrew, throughout heaven for about a half an hour. And I saw seven angels who stand before God, and they were given seven trumpets. And then another angel with a gold, in, with a, a gold incense burner came and stood at the altar before God. And a great amount of incense was given to him to mix, watch this, with the prayers of God's people as an offering to be placed on the gold altar before the throne of God. Did you get that? When you pray, and I don't mean huge prayers. When you pray, God, help me. When you pray, God, I'm, I've been a numbskull. Or more honest language than that. God, I've blown it so bad. When I'm having a fight with my wife, yeah, preachers fight with their wives sometimes. Appreciate it, Andrew. When I'm in traffic coming up 95 like I was today and people passing me on both sides, even somebody in the media, and I'm saying, God, help me. Every prayer, every prayer, watch, is placed on the altar before the throne of God. That sounds like priority seating to me. You know what I'm talking about? But there's something else that happens. Once your prayers are placed on that altar, your prayers bring heaven's response. Look what it says in verse 4. It says, The smoke of incense mixed with the prayers of God's holy people ascend up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. And then the angel filled the incense burner with fire from the altar and threw it down on the earth and thunder crashed and lightning flashed. And there was a terrible earthquake. My friends, what I want you to understand is this. Your prayers matter. And when you pray, they're placed on the altar before the throne of God. And those prayers will result, will result in heaven's action. You say, well, I didn't see it. You know, I prayed. Didn't happen. I've been praying for 10 years. Didn't happen. I've been praying a long time. It ain't happened yet. Well, you remember, in God's economy, a thousand years is like a day, like a flash. Sometimes we just need to understand uh, what God's timing is all about. But your prayers will be answered. May not be answered the way you want them answered, but they will be answered, and heaven will respond. In the last few minutes, I want us to jump back to uh, uh, Matthew chapter 6, and uh, I want to talk about how you can pray. Uh, up and to the right, there's kingdom-impacting kind of uh, catalyst, catal uh, catalyst prayers that will change the world. And uh, in chapter 6, in uh, verse 6, Jesus gives, I think, four secrets for praying kingdom-impacting kind of prayers. Watch what Jesus said. 
He says, but when you pray, go away by yourself, that's number one. Shut the door behind you, that's number two. Pray, that's number three. To your father in private is number four. Let me give you these four secrets and we'll be done. Secret number one, Jesus said, go away by yourself. Go away by yourself. Now I realize that 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, uh, never stop praying. I understand that Daniel chapter 2, when he was before the king, and the king said, Daniel, you, you look shook up. What's going on? And Daniel says, Daniel, breathe a quick prayer, and then he responded to the king. I understand, you know, prayer all the time without ceasing, uh, and, but there's a, 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 an understanding that up to the right prayers have, and that is that you need to have a time to get away by yourself because there is power in by yourself praying. Why do I say that? Because Jesus did that and understand that principle. Mark 135, it says, before daybreak, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Luke chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to be by himself to pray. Understand this, that up in the right prayers, grasp the value of by yourself praying. You haven't figured that out yet. By yourself praying. By yourself praying. Figure that one out. Secret number two Jesus gives, shut the door behind you. Up in the right prayers, learn how to shut out distractions from their prayers. Anybody ever, anybody ever been distracted? Uh, in, in prayer, oh my goodness! All the, but I've learned a few things about how to pray. Going into my my room, which is my living room, did this morning six a.m. All well, this morning it's five thirty. Uh, uh, but I was uh, went in and, and uh, made made a good cup of coffee. I don't know how anybody prays without coffee early in the morning, you know. But uh, uh, by the way, y'all got good coffee. I like your new stuff. That's that's good. And uh, but. Uh, 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 but but I, I, I went to grab my Bible, grab my journal, grab my ink pen, my cup of coffee. And I sat down and I spent about 35 minutes with God in, uh, in the book of Ezekiel. That's where I'm reading. And where I was praying and I was listening. I was reading. And, and, but I've figured out something during those times. You know what the biggest distraction to me is? This thing. And the moment I open this thing before I have gotten into this, my whole day is shot. It, it, it's messed up. And uh, so I just had to learn, stick my phone away and look at it. Don't be distracted by social media. Don't be distracted by your kids, by your work, all that sort of thing. Now, I, my kids now are 45 and, 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 uh, uh, and 40. Uh, they don't live at our house, thank the Lord. Uh, but but uh, uh, I, I, my 17-year-old granddaughter doesn't either. Man, she's going to be a hokey, by the way. So that's a, that's a good yeah, yeah. So in, anywho, uh, uh, but when our girls were little, little, and they would get up, I realized if I was going to have to spend time with God by myself, guess what? I had to get up earlier than them. That meant I had to try to go to bed earlier. So the battle for shutting the door for me happened at night when I turned off that game, whatever I had to see the end of the game. I, I need to go to sleep a little bit earlier so I could be up early. Does that make sense?
That's for me. Other people are not morning people. I get that. My wife is not a morning person at all. But she finds her time to be uh, go away and shut the door. <clears throat> Just to have time to talk to God and to hear his voice. The third thing that I would say, third secret that Jesus says about prayer is simply this. Pray. Mother Teresa was once asked, how do we learn to pray better? And she said, by praying. If I want to pray better, you must pray more often. <clears throat> now I'm going to get home uh, close to 2 o'clock to watch the ball game this uh, afternoon. Did I tell you the Lady Hokies were playing this <laughs> afternoon? <clears throat> they are number 8 in the country, but after, after uh, you know, that they're, they're going to move way up. Hey, I watched, them, I watched them beat NC State at NC State uh, when they were number 3 and the Hokies were 16, and they slammed them, okay? And uh, uh, so they, but now, if I were going to play, and I used to play basketball, hard to believe, I, I used to play basketball and, uh, until my coach said, Neil, uh, you're not a point guard and you're not big enough to play anything else, get another sport. And I did. But, <laughs> but this is what I know about, about great foul shot shooters. It doesn't happen on the floor before a, a, a crowded coliseum. You know how a great foul shot shooter Becomes a great foul shot shooter? It happens this way. Before anybody else walks in the gym for practice, they're standing at the line with a ball retriever, and they're doing this. Over and over and over and over again. How do they get good? How do they stand the pressure? How do they ignore all those stupid fans in the background waving, you know? And, and it's because of this. You get good praying by praying. There's no other way. Amen. There's one last thing, one last secret that I notice in this. And by the way, I got to tell y'all, I struggle with prayer. I, I, I wish I was a great prayer. I'm not. I love teaching people how to pray. And uh, this morning, like all the other times I do that, I, I, I'm saying, you've got to disclose, I, I'm not a good prayer. I'm, I'm trying to be better, but I'm just not good. Do I have anybody else in the room that says, I ain't great at it? I, I, you know, that, that, that's me. I'm trying. But you know why I keep on praying and keep on working at it? Because of Jesus' final word about who to pray to. And that is you pray to your Father who's in heaven. Your Father who's in heaven. For some people in the room, uh, the idea of Father is a, is a great idea. Your, your dad was great, and uh, he made sure that your home was the best place in the world to grow, grow up in. My dad took his life six days before my third birthday, got up from our breakfast table, went upstairs and shot himself. I've struggled even this morning when I was getting close, about the fact I longed for my dad to say, son, I'm proud of you. I never heard that. I never, I never heard those words. I would love to be able to sit down with my dad and talk for five minutes and people say, what would you talk about? I say, the matter. Anything. In the Old Testament, 
Nobody ever referred to God in prayer as Father. But in the New Testament, Jesus calls God Father 170 times. And he says, you pray to your Father, your Father, your Father in heaven. You know why I keep on praying even though I'm not very good at it? It's because that's where I get to pray connect with my father in heaven not my earthly father my father creator god in heaven that's where i get to create connect with him and i know that his love for me is wider and longer and higher and deeper than i can fathom i know that he accepts in prayer my anger and my complaining and my resentments i know that he brings peace during the darkest nights of my life in prayer. And I know that he speaks to me even when I can't speak a word in prayer, and I've experienced that. And I know that he does more than I can ever ask or imagine in prayer. And I know that my father is always patiently waiting for me to return no matter how far I've run from him. And I pray because God is my father. I pray because Jesus is my brother. And I pray because the Holy Spirit is my intercessor. Let's pray together.